We all have a yearning for love, but relationships can be confusing and complicated. Dr. Tammy Balashevsky says it all starts from within. It starts with a journey to center. Here's your host for Journey to Center on Empower Radio, Dr. Tammy Balashevsky. Hello, my beautiful friends and my lovely listeners. I'm so happy to be hanging out with you here today on Journey to Center. You know, I believe our feelings, thoughts, energy, attitude, and beliefs ripple out from us and into the world. And just like a pebble dropped into a pond ripples out and affects the whole pond, so do each and every one of us. So what is your relationship with life and what are you rippling out into the world? I love this quote my guest shared with me today from William James. The greatest use of your life is to spend it on something that will outlast it. So what is your legacy? What is the energy you're sharing with the world and then leaving behind? You know, I have prided myself on the fact that I have a great work ethic and that I am service-oriented. In the not-too-distant past, I was working hard, teaching, getting my second PhD, writing a second book, volunteering, and spreading myself too thin in general. One of my conscious and observant friends told me she thought I was not making the best use of my time and energy. I was confused. I thought, I thought I was doing a lot of really great stuff, a lot of really important stuff. I asked her what she meant, and she shared with me this truth. The most important thing you can do for the world is to live in your joy and to be happy. Then she shared this story about a reporter who followed Mother Teresa around for a while. He waited for her with a handkerchief over his nose as she tenderly washed the care and cared for the sick, the dying, the helpless, and the homeless. When he had a chance to sit down and speak with her, he asked her, how do you do what you do? I would not do this for a million dollars. She replied by saying, neither would I. It took me a moment to figure out the moral of the story, but in essence, Mother Teresa was saying she was doing what she loved, not for the money, but for the joy of it. So today, I'm happy to be having a conversation with someone who is doing what she loves, sharing incredible gifts with the world, and helping others do the same. Dr. Lisa Love is the best-selling author of Beyond the Secret. She's a very educated and very experienced counselor with five psychology degrees, including marriage and family and child counseling, spiritual and transpersonal psychology. And Dr. Love uses her extensive training not only to coach and write, but also to teach about joy, spirituality, love, relationships, dating, and the spiritual use of the law of attraction. Most importantly, Dr. Love helps her clients cultivate empathy and compassion so they can live a life of joy, peace of mind, health, and great love. So Dr. Love, I'm so excited to be having this conversation with you today. Thank you for being here on Empower Radio. Tammy, thank you so much, and it's great to have the listeners here as well so that we can empower each other and empower the world. I'm really looking forward to it. I I just got goosebumps. I love the energy you are rippling out into the world. And I'm so inspired by not only what you do, but who you are and just your attitude around it. You seem so um, just really in your dharma, on your life's path. And I'm, I'm always excited to meet somebody who I feel is really the living example of what they teach. So I'm just thrilled to be having this conversation and hopefully learning some things from you. Well, and I'm always learning as well, and that's one of the wonderful things about life, and to be able to continue that 
journey. And as I often emphasize, the most important thing, and I've learned this more and more the older I've gotten, is really the element of compassion. Because none of us are going to get through this life without bumps or bruises or mistakes. And so the more we can really develop that deep empathy for ourselves and others, the better. And that is really increasingly my dedication in my life. I'm so with you. One of my favorite um, sayings is the only emotion left for the fully realized human being is infinite, unbearable compassion. Mm -hmm. And when I first heard it, it didn't really make a lot of sense. But now I really believe that is the absolute truth. And, you know, often when we see others that are hurting or struggling and maybe their behavior isn't attractive, I say it's always because on some level, some deeper level, it's something that deserves compassion. And, you know, really, it just feels much better to be in um, my compassion than in my anger or judgment. So I don't just do it for others. I do it for myself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There's a saying, according to Compassionate Communication, compassion in first, compassion in, then compassion out. Because it's very difficult to have compassion for others when we're still caught in our shame or guilt or blame or judgment uh, and judgments about others as well. So that always is the first place to begin. Yes. And, and we can't give what we don't have. So I, I totally agree with you. We have to be able to cultivate that compassion for ourselves. And I think then it easily naturally happens for others. I love that. So. Dr. Love, I know you have something called the REACH programs, and I'm really excited to be talking more about that. Can you tell me what REACH stands for? REACH is an acronym which means Rapidly Evolving Agents for Changing Humanity, and the focus is really that it's time for us to rapidly change. And I have seven different programs, but the main emphasis is to get more conscious in a number of areas. And the fundamental program really is to get more conscious in the area of love. And a big passion of mine is understanding what love really is. I remember in my teenage years reading and, and listening to the audio tapes from the original love doctor, Leo Biscaglia. Mm, yes, <laughs> Those of us that him. remember him, I, I think he's still alive, but I haven't heard anything about him in a while. And I was already enthralled with the idea of understanding what love was all the way back then. And through the decades, I, was, I would say, especially in the last decade, my beliefs about that, my understandings about that have gotten much, much sharper and clearer to the point where, and in some ways I'm a radicalist, I'm radically ready to say about 90% of what the media and books and TV and, and so many people out there are saying what love is has nothing to do with love at all. It's neediness, it's codependency, it's addiction, it's lust, it's even abuse. And then we wonder why, after watching all these movies and feeding on all these stories, we're disappointed, quote, in love. And yet love is not what disappoints us. It's our not understanding what love is. And I I have a saying that I really like. It's the fact that we are ill, or I lack love, another acronym. It's the lack of love, not love itself that is causing the difficulties in our lives. That's so true. So I would like to hear more, Dr. Love, about what, how you would describe real love. Because I agree with you. So much of what we see is romance and addiction and lust and all these things that, that really aren't love. So how would you actually describe love? Well, I'll start with a feeling, and that is love feels good. Love heals. Love is whole-making. 
when we give love, we even get that oxytocin, which is the, in a way, love chemical. It's the compassion chemical release in our brains. We feel good about ourselves and others. And when other people are really loving us, they're strengthening us. To use the name of this radio station, they're empowering us. They're helping us feel better. So all this agony and trauma and all these stories about when love hurts, this is one of my many myths of love, is really a sign that there is not love present. And yet, I don't know how many songs I listened to about love hurting growing up and how many times I still see in movies. In fact, there's a new book out called Why Love Hurts, and I heard the interview on National Public Radio, and I was wincing, not because the person's research wasn't interesting, but because the whole premise I question that love is something that hurts us. I really don't think that's the case. It's the feeling of emptiness, the feeling of it not being reciprocated, the feeling of violation or of trust being broken or, or not getting what we want. These are the things that are creating the agony. And if we can start to understand that that's the lack of love, not love, then we'll stop chasing after those things as if that's love. And those are the things that are actually causing the pain. And we won't do that anymore. And then we'll find and attract love more easily to us. I, I think you're so on target with so much of this. And I love the subject so much. Um, something a teacher said to me was, you know, love isn't something outside of us. And, it, and even trying to love ourselves is a bit of a misnomer. It's about getting to the place where you're just residing in the space of love within. And I thought that was interesting, just to kind of imagine just relaxing to this space of love that's inside of you. And despite who's giving you what, as far as accolades or affection or anything, it, it's not even the point anymore. If you're residing in that place of love, I find, as I've cultivated that and made that my intention, I'm just more peaceful. I'm just more compassionate. And people might not like me, and they may judge me, but it doesn't tend to uh, pull me out of my center or or center or upset me like it used to. I'm, I'm able to see their behavior and realize it's something that deserves compassion because they don't, they're not residing in that place of love, exactly. which is so painful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. And you said something very significant. And uh, when I work with clients, especially women, I teach them to start, first of all, in building their love toolkit in doing exactly what you're saying, start by sourcing spirit. That's my preferred word instead of God, because it's gender neutral. Start by sourcing spirit and learn how to do that. And then after you do that, learn what loving yourself really means. I mean, as a counselor a long time ago, I was always telling people, you need to learn to love yourself. And then one day I sat down and went, what does that really look like? Objectively, (laughs) quantifiably, what is that person person supposed to go and do? And so figure out, and that's going to vary from person to person. So figure out what that is so that you know how to do those many things to source spirit and love yourself, and then build your circle of love. We women, and this is one of my books, Take Back Your Life and Love Yourself, I really focused on this. We are taught a story early on that our lives will be whole and complete if we're heterosexual when we find a guy. <laughs> yep. And, prince and Charming, yes. Prince Charming. <laughs> of course, every Prince Charming has to be rich, famous, charming, and good-looking. That's the requirement. And at well, some point in the movie, even the ugly guys get... Uh, get good looking, and even the poor guys in the Disney movies end up rich. So you got to have those four requirements. Those are all the externals you were just talking about, Tammy. And those externals, they're not going to hold up. At some point, somebody you love is going to be sick, or at some point they may age, or these kinds of things. So if you can learn to 
Source love, love yourself, and build a circle of love, coming back to that point, where you have many people that love you, that you love. Then you're in a very healthy place to pick the man who can really love you and you can really love him based upon real love instead of false love. Yeah, some of my clients will go, Tammy, when am I going to manifest my beloved? I said, when it doesn't matter anymore because you're so peaceful and happy and just celebrating yourself and dancing in your own light because coming from that need and desperation really isn't going to attract somebody who's probably stable, healthy, and whole. Exactly. And that need and desperation is really a place of emptiness. That's I-L-L, I lack love again. And there's nothing wrong with that. That's happened to a lot of us because of woundings that have happened from different points in our lives. And it's good to have compassion for that and acknowledge that. But then to find ways to heal it that don't just rely upon some person who's going to rescue us from that pain. We need persons that can help us with that. We need spirit that can help us with that. And we need a clear understanding of what love is and how to love ourselves before any of that can really manifest. I absolutely agree because I don't think we can heal alone. I think we need um, to heal in the company of others that are kind or compassionate and others of like mind. But I think so often, especially, well, speaking from the perspective of a woman, we think, or I thought I was going to go out there and find this man to love me and heal me. And I would love him and heal him. Took me a while to realize that neither of us were really on a, a solid foundation. And that's when my intention really changed to becoming my relationship priority and spirit being my relationship priority. And that put me on the solid ground. And I manifested this, this wonderful man. Very different than what I thought it was going to be as a young girl growing up with ro- those romantic notions, you know? Well, and one of the fun things I had, I did a rant on men. It started out as a rant on men some time ago. And then over the years, it evolved into this book called Take Back Your Life and Love Yourself. And yes. it's basically a rant on lessons I learned from Disney movies. And those <laughs> lessons seem so wonderful. I mean, I remember crying and thinking some of those movies were so beautiful, but I'm going to mention a couple that now I look at and I'm like, what a nightmare. For example, Beauty and the Beast. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sounds like a great story, you know. She meets this beast who's had a spell put on him because he's such an awful guy, and somehow or another, they dance in the courtyard, and she thinks he's a little bit charming after he's been treating her terrible throughout the movie, after he's been treating the the teapot and the broom and the other things terrible. It's not like the guy learned his lesson as a beast and learned how to be a more compassionate human being. Throughout the movie, he's still a brute. But one day, they're dancing, (laughs) and with the beautiful music in the background, he's a little flirtatious, and she starts to think that he's, quote, charming. So he gets one of the four criterion thrown in there, finally. And lo and behold, she falls in love with him, and the rose drops, and the music plays, and tale as old as time. And and yet, when I really look at it, because one of the things I, I specialized in is understanding abuse. I went, this is a horrible story. The guy has evidenced practically nothing throughout the entire movie to show that he has learned, changed, has become a more compassionate human being. He's had one charming moment, which abusers have lots of charming moments. Charm is not hard to do, but abuse still happens there at home. There is no guarantee, and of course he's good looking at the end, that somehow or another she's going to have a good relationship. In fact, she would have had a better relationship with the arrogant guy named Gaston because at least he knew how to get along with people and at least he was admired by some people. And so I just thought, oh my gosh, this is reinforcing the whole abuse tale. Basically, go and find an abuser and think you can rescue and save him 
by putting up with his abuse enough and tolerating at least one charming moment to make it seem all, all okay. And this is a yeah. hugely popular yeah. movie and play I, right now. Yes, I lived that reality myself, except the happily ever after part. That that part didn't come to fruition, but <laughs> I thought I could love this man who was kind of a beast and heal him, and it didn't work out so well for me. Well, and she's not going to have a happily ever after. It probably never does. It probably never does. <laughs> so I love something you talk about. You have a conscious love program about false love detox. I think that sounds very interesting. Can you tell me more about that? Well, the main premise of the program is, first of all, to get clear about all the notions about love that we have been raised with and we have accepted that really have nothing to do with love. And some of them even include uh, not only my myths of love, but false spiritual love, false personal love, false emotional, false mental, and false physical sexual love. And false love is always based upon a lack of emptiness in myself or a feeling of emptiness in myself, lack of wholeness, and my looking to somebody else to make me feel whole and complete, either because of their looks or their money at the physical level or how they're mentally brilliant and that can make me look better or boost me up at the mental level or they're spiritual and that can boost me up. It's all part of the ego game, which is always the see me game, which is always see how talented, wonderful, good-looking, prosperous, successful to see how miserable, poor, you know, can be played either way. But it always brings the focus back to me, to me. And for a truly loving relationship, both of you, we've already talked about that, Tammy, and I'm so glad you brought those things up. You know how to source spirit. You know how to love yourself. You know what love is. And therefore, you know that a truly loving relationship is about me being able to make you happy because I make me happy. I can make you happy. I want your happiness. And we work together like you work at a business. We make it a priority to make sure that we're both prospering and growing under that relationship, even if that relationship ends. Because one of my myths is, is that love never dies. Love is like good nutritional food. It stays in the cells of your body forever. The relationship may end. The relationship may reconfigure. But the love that is present will remain. And those people that are able to have loving partings are able to do it because they understand what love is and they're loving people. So they don't need to tear each other apart in the process. And so that is a big thing that the false love detox has us do. Understand where we got these messages, why we accepted them, and then how we can eliminate them from our lives. And usually I have people either time out on relationship altogether. I timed out for many years relationship. Mm -hmm. Or if they're in a relationship, I have them do their best to deal with that relationship while they do this detox program. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that's, uh, that was an important part of my healing process for sure is a timeout. <laughs> and, you know, I, I would sit and meditate, God, how come, how can I find a man who loves and cherishes me and honors me? And when I got back so clearly was love, honor, and cherish yourself. And that was a really different way of thinking. And I was like, ooh, isn't there another way? That sounds really unpleasant. But I've come to realize until we do that, we're going to just play games the rest of our lives. And we will be an ego. We will be looking for something to, to fill us up because we feel empty within. So I, I love something that you say. I talk about this myself. It's so vital to put ourselves First, in 
relationship. So we're on that solid ground. I think it's a way that we give from a full well. And it's not, you know, like you can get two one-legged people, put them together and walk like a normal person. It's about becoming really whole, residing in that place of love, loving yourself. So then you attract somebody who loves you. Because I think we attract only where we are within ourselves. Isn't it just a reflection of where we are within ourselves? Very much so. We attract where we vibrate at. That's Mm -hmm. kind of a saying that I used a long time ago when my book Beyond the Secret came out. And so that's interesting for us to have to take that responsibility. Why are we attracting these people in our lives? Because Mm -hmm. there's something in us that has that within us. And that's okay. You can be compassionate. Those are lessons that we we are learning. And oftentimes, who do we, why do we attract the people we attract? I really like the teachings of Harville Hendricks. He talks about the Imagio theory. And that's the image of, we attract people who are the image of the first three or four people who most impacted us in our lives. And what we're trying to do unconsciously is we're trying to work out the story of uh, the things we loved about that person and our wounds with that person so that we can get this healing and wholeness. And there are couples that can make that journey together. Harville Hendricks and his wife did that. They're both professional relationship counselors. But there are people that can't make that journey with you. And then you have to understand that that you're not going to get your imagio wound healed with this person. All you're going to do is keep getting Mm re-wounded. Learning to love yourself, it's really important that we learn in there what love is. Because one of my big concerns, Tammy, is narcissists are really good at loving themselves. (laughs) From the ego place, yes. Mm -hmm. From the ego place, exactly. That's Mm -hmm. why I said, you're so sharp. I love it, Tammy. That's why I said what, what lo- it's important to learn what love is, because it seems like they're really loving themselves because they know how to manipulate others to get their needs met. But mm-hmm. inside, they, are, they usually feel horrible, which is why they become abusive, which is why they become addictive, because it's not coming from a genuine place. It's coming from an empty place, a phony place, a manipulated place, which is awfully hard to deal with. And that's why they often will resort to addictive or abusive behaviors in order to cope with that illusion that they keep having to perpetuate and live. Yeah, I I loved the narcissists when I was younger and because I thought they thought so much of themselves and if they saw something valuable in me, then I was really proving I had value. It was just this crazy game that maybe most people go through at some point. But I used ego, you know, edging God out. and instead of I go, which is inviting God only. And dancing with people in that ego place, it's like they have this voracious appetite and you can't give them enough to feel good about themselves. So I realized how I was going to quit doing that dance and it was to become I go myself, inviting on God only. And that's where I took that break, really sat in that place of just connecting to spirit, connecting to my heart. And another thing that you recommend, and I did as well, cultivating my own gifts, exploring mm-hmm. my true talents. So how important is that, do you think, in um, manifesting a healthy relationship or becoming more fulfilled? It's totally important. And let me, let me share another Disney movie that we were totally deceived by, and that is The Little Mermaid, Ariel. I mean, you just mentioned something so essential, Tammy, that we learn to cultivate our gifts, and we know what those gifts are, and we find partners who will nourish and sustain those gifts. But in The Little Mermaid, she doesn't even know the guy at all. She knows nothing about him. She hasn't talked to him. But the whole movie is about her giving her greatest, one of her greatest talents, her voice away to some witch who deceives her so she can capture some guy who can't even hear her sing at the end because she can't 
speak. You can't hear her speak or sing. And then worse, she morphs herself into somebody completely different than who she is. That's a horrid story. Oh, yeah, you're right. Contorting ourselves never works long term. I think that's when we end up with dis-ease, disease or dis-ease, because we're contorted. Yeah, she has that painful future. Why do we want to give up our gifts? (laughs) Why do we want to give up our gifts and contort ourselves for anybody, let alone somebody we haven't even had a conversation with? What what are these messages? You brought up a really great point. I think we're looking for surrogates to play out our original traumas with and hope it ends up differently than it did with our, maybe our parents or primary caretakers, but it never does until we take responsibility for our own healing. Is that kind of what you're saying? Exactly. Exactly. I love that. We're on the same page once again. So (laughs) I'm I'm so excited because we're going to go into the second part of our show here and we're going to really be exploring some powerful stuff. So now that we know what love is and what love isn't and how we can take better care of ourselves so we ripple out that authentic power, that authentic love, that authentic healing into the world, now we're going to take things to the next level. And so when we come back, we're going to talk about um, how we can ramp up the law of attraction. Most of us saw the secret and we're really intrigued by that. And a lot of people fell a little flat with that. Maybe we're disillusioned. But Dr. Lisa is going to share with us how we can use the law of attraction in a more spiritual way and how we can use it to become more conscious, which to me is always the goal. And Dr. Lisa Love is also going to share with us how we can get some really great free gifts on our website. She has some free ebooks, some really good information that's that's free to you, um, our friends and listeners. So some really good, valuable information and some wonderful, incredible gifts. So hang on. We're going to be right back with Dr. Lisa Love. All those smiling, happy faces, laughing, enjoying life. Then I turn the TV off and I'm back to reality. The faces here are not so happy after the spill. I mean, just look around. The fourth generation shop owner who'd give anything to turn on his dusty open sign. The fisherman with the thousand mile stare. People of the Gulf region have been through a lot and we're pretty good at bouncing back, but we can all use some help from time to time. If you're experiencing increased anxiety, worry, or anger, you should know that the assistance you may need to help you cope is here. For confidential counseling, call 800-985-5990, 800-985-5990, or text Talk With Us to 66746. With help, you won't need a TV to see a smiling face, only a mirror. A message from the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council. Message and data rates may apply. My name is Mira Batra. I have been in this country 32 years, and this is how I live united. America has always been the land of promise, and in my community, many families have come for a better life. Coming from another culture myself, I know the desire to become part of a community, to feel at home, and to gain the tools for our children and families to succeed. So I advocate for these families with United Way. United Way empowers them to look beyond their histories and to see what opportunities are available. We help them get involved with their kids' schools, network within the community, and when we do, we unite them. We make the community stronger. What I do is something I wish someone had done for me, and I am so grateful I am able to. My name is Mira Batra. I help families see opportunities. Excuse me, do you know how to get to Maine and Maple? Do you have these in a seven and a half? How's that cooked? Can I get that shipped overnight? 
Is there a direct flight? How long does the warranty last? What's your soup of the day? How do you change the ringtone? Does it come in blue? Does this bus stop at Elm Street? We ask questions everywhere in life. Is it raining out? Uh, what time's the meeting? How much does this cost? Does it have four-wheel drive? Have we met before? What's my account balance? Yet somehow, when we get to the doctor's office... Any questions? Um, no. We clam up. Ask questions. What is this test for? Are there any side effects? When do I get my results? Questions lead to better health care. Go to ahrq.gov for a list of 10 questions everyone should know. Questions are the answer. Public service announcement brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council. My name is Mira Batra. I have been in this country 32 years, and this is how I live united. America has always been the land of promise, and in my community, many families have come for a better life another culture myself. I know the desire to become part of a community, to feel at home and to gain the tools for our children and families to succeed. So I advocate for these families with United Way. United Way empowers them to look beyond their histories and to see what opportunities are available. We help them get involved with their kids' schools, network within the community, and when we do, we unite them. We make the community stronger. What I do is something I wish someone had done for me, and I am so grateful I am able to. My name is Meera Batra. I help families see opportunities and succeed. I don't just wear the shirt. I live it. Give. Advocate. Volunteer. Live United. Go to liveunited.org. Brought to you by United Way and the Ad Council. You're listening to Empower Radio. Now back to Journey to Center with Elishevsky. Hello, my friends. So happy to be hanging out with you today and, and having this wonderful conversation and connection. I hope you're uh, feeling the love. So I am talking to Dr. Lisa Love. She is the best-selling author. She's a counselor. She's an all-around wise woman and teacher of consciousness. So Dr. Love, so happy to be spending time with you. This is great. It's really nice to speak with you as well. I can tell we're, we're really vibing in the same way on so many things, and that's always a pleasure. I know. I keep getting goosebumps. I always think that that's a really um, powerful signal from source that we're kind of linked up, the nervous system's being hit. You speak so many things of truth, and I, for one, am a seeker of truth. And so something I would like to know from your perspective, I'm asking you the kind of hard questions, what is love? What is consciousness? You know, I say all the time, my intention is to become a more conscious human being, but I would love to hear from you because you have such a way with words and, and such a high consciousness, how you would describe consciousness. Well, I describe it as clear seeing, and that mm. means seeing clearly what the reality is around us. Most people want to describe consciousness in a scientific way as if I am self-conscious. That means unlike animals, if animals look in a mirror, oftentimes they can't tell that it's them in the mirror. They'll think it's somebody mm -hmm. else. They once saw these wild animals, or birds, they saw the reflection in the tire, in the shiny part of the tire, and they were um, pecking at it as if it was mm -hmm. another bird that they had thought might be attacking them. Human beings, we have the ability to know that when we look in the mirror, that's us. That's individual consciousness. But there are other levels of consciousness clear seeing. One level happened when we went into outer space and we got that famous picture now of the Earth that just about everybody has seen. 
Now, that's not just a picture. That implies a new state of consciousness, global consciousness. What does it mean to really understand that we are interconnected? And so many of us are on the spiritual path, like to say that we're one. What does that really mean in terms of how we live our lives? And that's what my REACH programs are really about. That state of consciousness or clear seeing that we're at 7 billion heading up to 10 billion people. What does it really mean if we really are interconnected for us to love each other? And how do we build a truly loving and sustainable global community? And then those levels of consciousness can keep expanding, but I think that's reaching pretty far for most of us right now. A lot of us have difficulty clearly seeing our our light and our shadow, that famous Marianne Williamson quote about, we often don't see our light. And we don't clearly see who our partners are. We have our fantasy image about them, and then we, quote, fall out of love, which I don't think happens. I think we just reach the limit of our capacity to love. We get to that point. We just don't know how to love that person anymore, usually because we discover who they really are. Tammy, I even go so far as to say that love is consciousness. Love is not blind. That's one of my myths. Love is 20-20 vision. The hard part is knowing how to love myself or somebody else. When I see the addictions, I see the lust, I see the abuse, I see the codependency, how do I really love it, which is healing and whole-making and brings us back to centers like your program and brings us back to source and spirit. That's the journey of love. And when we understand that that's what love is and get rid of all this other stuff we talked about in the first half of the show, then we're really going to start to make some progress, at least I have in my life. You clearly have. Yeah, you are definitely... I love connecting with people who are the living example of what they teach because so often, you know, we see these relationships experts out there, they're writing these books, they're marrying each other and their relationships, they don't end well. But I really see you as the living example of what you believe, what you speak about, what you teach. And that makes it really fun and enjoyable for me because I want to learn from people who are living it. And I think you are an example of that. So I think that's how I like to learn connecting with people who are really the living example. So there's another area that I really want to explore with you, um, and that is the law of attraction. You know, most of us, again, saw the secret, got excited about the secret, sat around, imagined, and and did our vision boards. And then when things weren't happening the way we wanted them to, a lot of people got very uh, disillusioned, like, this isn't the truth. But I think there's a truer truth, a higher truth. And I want to talk about that with you. I know you wrote a best-selling book called Beyond the Secret. So I'd like to, to talk about this for a little bit. Well, it's fun to talk about this book now because it came out six months after The Secret. When I read The Secret and I'd seen the DVD before, I had a lot of disagreement with it. And some of that was based on five years of my PhD research on wealth and spirituality. How do the two really go hand in hand? And they can, but often they don't. And so, so much of that book was really speaking about material well-being and buying into the same American story, primarily American story. And in the third edition of my Beyond the Secret book, I have the quote from The Economist, who actually said in the 1950s that it's even our spiritual purpose to consume goods, as many goods as possible, as much as possible, and even have those goods break as quickly as possible so we could consume more goods. And the secret buys in too much to that same ideology of this is what creates happiness. Now, Marcy Shimoff, who was part of The Secret, and others, you know, that book was a compilation of people, and those people have their own individual thoughts. But Marcy Shimoff went off and wrote her book on happiness. And 
others had their different ideas as well. But my book took on that book right away. And at the end of my book, I had 20 areas I disagreed with that book based on 20 things that I felt were false principles and teachings. And one of the teachings is that I just ask, believe, receive. I just tell the universe as if I'm the, I'm the only most important thing in the universe. I just tell the universe, do this. And the universe, we're talking universe, we're talking billions and billions of galaxies and stars and <laughs> other life forms and beings. And I just say, I'm the only one that matters, do whatever I want. And I just believe that you're going to meet my needs because I'm the only one that matters. And yet consciousness is increasingly understanding our interconnectedness with other people, that we are oneness, but oneness means not just me, but me one with 7 billion people and other plant and animal species. And it's, it's really mind-boggling. The Dalai Lama says the big question is, how do we live our lives? It's really mind-boggling to say, how do I, as a loving being, live my life in a way that loves all parts of, quote, me? And so I started out my book saying, if, there's nothing wrong with having a beach house. If that's your blessing and gift, and I always say, if you have a billion dollars, then please help a billion people. Then may you have a billion dollars if you're doing that. If you, if you have a billion dollars and you're helping only a couple of people, then I don't think it's such a good bargain. And I don't really wish you would have that kind of money. But there's nothing wrong with a beach house. But we can't have 7 billion beach houses in the world. This is not a sustainable way of living. And interesting, the well-being happiness research that's been going on so long now is saying time and time again, I just saw a TED Talk on it from a talk in November 2011, again, that the number one way to have happiness in your life is long-lasting, loving relationships. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And yet we in this country who have, want the right to the pursuit of happiness are consistently pursuing the things that aren't causing happiness. They're causing greater and greater unhappiness because we're making even our children and our partners and everybody so disposable that John Gray, the Mars Venus guy, wrote in his latest book that the average relationship's lasting only five years now because people always think there's a bigger, better deal around the corner. Mm-hmm. The problem isn't me and me learning how to have a good relationship. The problem is you're just not the right person. I need to throw you out and find somebody else. Mm-hmm. But we're hitting a point on this planet where we're not going to be able to do this much anymore. We're going to have to learn. Tammy, you and I are in the perfect field. We have to learn how to have healthy, loving relationships with each other. Where we really learn this compassion and this empathy. For each other. Oh, I wanted to say this in the first half of the show, Tammy. <laughs> I, you can tell I'm always reading, I'm always researching. I know, I know I because love I can tell who you are. I know you're going to love this part. Uh-huh. So I, I was looking at the latest brain research, and it's interesting because oxytocin, as I mentioned in the first half of the show, is emitted when we feel compassion and empathy. Mm-hmm. But interestingly enough, testosterone, high levels of testosterone can inhibit the ability to process oxytocin. So one of the dilemmas for us as women, and these Disney movies, et cetera, is we have been told that the guy we really want in a relationship, and men are told, is the strong, macho kind of guy. And yet that guy, if he has too much testosterone and hasn't had life lessons where other people have taught him empathy, that, I mean, all hormones can be modified, that guy is likely to be an insensitive brute. Or have these kinds of difficulties that don't allow him for deep levels of empathy with himself or with others. And yet these are exactly the kinds of people we keep 
being told, not all of us buy into it, I don't anymore, that we want to go find. Well, that made sense for a long period throughout humanity's history, that we need some big, strong type person that could, you know, fight off the tigers or whatever. Yeah, find the food when we didn't have it, chase the, the dinosaurs and protect us. And yeah, when we were in survival, physical exactly. survival. Mm-hmm. But that's not the new path we're treading now. And we women, and you're, you're one of them, Tammy, we women are getting to the point where we are saying we're getting more power, more education, and it's time for us to show how love, empathy, and compassion need to lead. And that's, that's so true. Headed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And again, what you're saying, I, what I'm hearing is, you know, it's great, you know, when we were, when we were younger, as far as human beings to, to have that, that competitive, that testosterone, that, 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 you know, desire to survive. We've done that. Now we can evolve hopefully to the higher brain where the, the seed of compassion is where love and acceptance and, and peace resides. So uh, another thing that I'm hearing you, you say a bit, it's like, People have this voracious appetite when they're living in ego because they've edged God out. How can we be peaceful and happy from that place? We can't. So then we're looking to worldly material things and stuff and winning, being you know that competitive person that wins to, to find that place of happiness. But we will never find it from that place. Happiness comes from, again, ego residing the place of peace within. And we... We all have that capacity. We all have that ability, but it's the last place most people think to look. <laughs> you know, hiding that key of happiness that's buried deep within ourselves. And for me, meditation is absolutely essential for me to maintain this state of um, peace and compassion. And it was such a wonderful realization for me, Lisa, when I realized I can be in love every day mm-hmm. with my husband. When, as I lead with gratitude and appreciation for, for him as a soul, but going to Starbucks, ordering my coffee from the barista and having that heartfelt connection, looking into their eyes and noticing that they're, you know, a light green. I didn't used to do these things. I didn't connect with people on a heart to heart level. And then I wondered why I was hurting. Well, you that's not the case anymore. What mm-hmm. I call the circle of love. And that mm-hmm. is understanding that, that love isn't just from one person called your soulmate. It's mm-hmm. knowing how to soulfully mate or relate to lots of people in a soulful, loving, spiritual, harmonious, compassionate, joyful, spirited way. And we can, just like you were saying, Tammy, we can source that at any moment, anywhere, if, if we want to. And the more we know how to do that, the more we're flooding our brain with those wonderful chemicals, the more we're staying in touch with spirit and, and getting that cable really strong so that we remain in touch with spirit. Yes. And that's what, that's what it's all about. And, and we have so much more to give in a relationship because when, um, like I have a partner, when my partner leaves, I'm just like, well, that's nice. You know, I've, I've got my creativity. I've got my, my child. I've got my, my meditation practice as well. I've got spirit, source, friends, family, nature. You know, I've got so much that by the time he comes back, most of the time, I'd say probably at least 90% of the time, I'm able to be in that spirit of love with him instead of some depleted, empty, lacking space, which the law of attraction in a metaphysical book I looked at from the 1910s, it said the law of attraction is really the law of the ego that eventually has to be replaced by the law of love. 
Because mm-hmm. the law of attraction is typically based on, like you said, Tammy, a sense of lack. But when you have love, you have fullness. You never mm-hmm. lack anything. So what is there to attract? If I'm truly in a state of abundance, and love is the number one abundance, then it's just like living in that ocean of love or the whole entire universe of love. And I just know whether I have stuff or not have stuff. I'm, I'm always able to source this presence, this being. So I can be like Mother Teresa, living in joy with some of the most horrific poverty in the world, or I can be in Santa Barbara near where I live and enjoy all that mm-hmm. beauty and even the prosperity, uh, material prosperity there. And I'm still sourcing spirit. That's the goal. It really is. But I think a huge shift occurs in our consciousness consciousness when we realize that's the goal. <laughs> so many people think it is the beach house or attaining or acquiring where really the, 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 the true goal should be um, living aligned with source. You know, one of my teachers said to me years ago, and it took me a while to really understand it, and I feel like I'm going deeper with it all the time, pain comes from our perceived disconnection from spirit. All of our pain comes from our perceived disconnection from spirit because we can never be disconnected from spirit. It's impossible, but it can feel like it. And that's where our pain comes from. And then we try to assuage our pain with any number of worldly experiences or distracting ourselves from ourselves. And it's sort of like we get to the end of our rope and there's no place else to go. I think that's why that pain can be such a gift. And it is the universal awakener. It's like when we finally fall to our knees, <laughs> turn our face back to God and go, please help me. <laughs> well, and pain is also a great way for us to know how to reconnect with each other. Because too yes. much of the ego yes. believes that it's the only center of the universe. You know, some years ago after my divorce, I, about nine years ago, I had a difficult period financially. And I was in San Diego, about 30 miles from the Mexican border. And my life was still reasonably comfortable, but I wanted to complain about it because it wasn't nearly the lifestyle I used to have. And I would sit there and shake my head and say, what am I talking about? You know, 30 miles from here, people are getting shot at for the opportunity to have this life I'm complaining about right now. And when I broadened my consciousness to who I am as spirit and 7 billion people of global consciousness around the planet, I would feel so humble and so grateful and say, oh my gosh, you know, I, I still have so much abundance here and and here i'm i'm supposed to be a loving person and yet i would realize in my own pain how little i was really able to consider myself as one with others and reach out my heart to love others and all of us know this experience you know then something would happen a client would call or something and i'd have to lift myself out of myself and be Mm -hmm. there for somebody else yes and my mood would lift and i'd feel a lot better and Happiness research is proving that, that giving is one of the five things that leads to greater happiness. Yes, being of service. So, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so sometimes that pain, like a lot of us are going through in this country, and it's, I don't want anybody to lose their job. I've lost my job in the past. I don't want any heartbreak to happen to anybody. But if that heart can break us open, Thich Nhat Hanh, the Buddhist monk's favorite famous saying, heart breaks open. If it can break our heart mm-hmm. open and help us see that there are people that need us, and help us reach out past our fear and our pain to be loved and to love, then it's a wonderful thing that's happening because it's expanding our hearts. It's breaking them open. So we have the capacity to be filled with love and to love and to be loved in a greater way. That's the great opportunity that we're all facing right now. 
It's so true. I see so many people struggling and it reminds me of where I used to be. And it sounds the same for you. It's sort of like being the wounded healer, going through um, the pain. And I think Marianne Williamson said, a nervous breakdown is great. Because it can be the beginning of a nervous break or a breakthrough. Mm-hmm. And, and that was absolutely the case for me in heartbreak. It did. It broke my heart open. And I see things from a completely different perspective. I don't need to feed my ego anymore. I'm able to just reside in the place of peace and love. And that to me is heaven on earth. That mm-hmm. to me is, I mean, that's the point of this whole human experiment, I would imagine. <laughs> exactly. And I'm going to do just a slight promotion here because one of the things that's coming up to me, Tammy, is something called the post-breakup wake-up. And it's for people that are going through their lives breaking apart and breaking up. It's going to be at the Center for Spiritual Living in Westlake Village, July 28th from 9 to 6 p.m. So if anybody is going through this kind of pain or trauma, I've pulled together a great team of people. I'll be talking about love and relationships. I have Jennifer Horton, who's from San Diego. She's going to be talking about joy. Neil Palashe, he specializes in wealth, rebuilding your wealth after difficult times, and also Andrea Frimmer, and she specializes in rebuilding careers. So if anybody's interested in that, go to postbreakupwakeup.com. I just wanted to get that little plug in there as I could, because that's an event that's coming up. No, that sounds like a wonderful opportunity for people that may be struggling and, and feeling a bit disconnected to use that as an opportunity for learning, healing, upliftment, and growth. And so I'm all about that. Use this as, you know, the gift that it really is. <laughs> and and so, I know that yes. part of the goal is to surround people with wisdom, knowledge, and a circle of love so that that breakdown will become more likely to be a breakthrough. So that's really important. And that's and one of my ways that I'm always searching to, to help people yes. um, maintain that stream of love or get into that stream of love. So that's one of the things that I'm doing. Yeah, 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 because it can feel so painful to feel like you're on the outside looking in and love is somewhere out there. But when you take that, because heartbreak can make us so vulnerable. And, and heartbreak can look like a lot of different things. It can, it can be the loss of a pet. It can be the loss of a friendship, not necessarily due to death, but mm, disagreements. And, and it can be death. And the, grief can show up in a lot of different forms, but I really believe there are blessings in grief and it can lead us to a life of grace. And it sounds like that is the opportunity you're presenting with people through this, um, this, uh, workshop this class and on a larger level when we're talking about things that are going on around the planet and people losing their jobs etc there's a lot of creative ideas this is part of my reach programs coming up with these creative ideas or sharing the ones that i find that people are using you know they're getting back into a barter society they're learning to have to sit down with their family and their loved ones their partner and maybe work through issues divorce rates are dropping in part because people don't find it so easy to divorce. That's not the best reason. But part of the good news is there, they may be having to value looking at the relationship. And it really takes both partners to want to look at the relationship and heal the relationship. You can't dance a tango alone, but it, maybe it's motivating both people to say, let's go to somebody like me or somebody like you, Tammy, and let's get counseling and let's get support and mm-hmm. let's, let's mm-hmm. make this work. My parents, who've been married almost 60 years, the longest couple I met that have been married longest were married 80 years and 77. I met a lot of people married 60 years plus. Wow. But 
they said they came from a generation due to the Great Depression and the World War II that decided you have to fix things. It wasn't just about you can dispose of it and go get something new or go get somebody new. Because of the mode that they came out of, and they had their drawbacks that generation too, but they were more likely, in my parents' perceptions, more likely to say, how do we fix this? Whether it's a broken pot or something like that, or tea, tea pot or something like that, or whether it's a broken relationship. Mm-hmm. And yet, we know, Tammy, you and I are in the counseling profession. I think we should be multimillionaires because people would be ringing their phones off the hook so much. And our profession would be getting you know, burgeoning because so many people would want us because what we're doing is extremely valuable. We're mm-hmm. helping deliver happiness. And the research is saying long-lasting, loving relationships. And so if we can all start to pursue that as the most important thing of our life because it brings us the greatest rewards, then we can live simply if we have to because we have lots of love around us. And as we've already said, Tammy, and over sourcing spirit, et cetera. It doesn't cost anything to sit down and meditate. I can't live without meditation. I, I honestly... Yeah, I can't either. Probably two hours, sometimes four hours in my day. Wow, I, I don't do that. <laughs> you are I my hero. I <laughs> have to meditate because that is where all the inspiration comes from. Sometimes yes. people think I do an awful lot. One of the things they don't know is I don't work a whole heck of a lot. I meditate. And then I like I get up and it's like whoosh, it just all comes Works out really fast. Smarter than harder, yeah, because you're really lined up. I'm lined up. So, lined so Lisa, up. I want people to know how to find you, and I know you have some wonderful free eBooks and wonderful power empowering gifts on your website. So, if people are going, man, I am grooving on Doctor Love. <laughs> how do they find you? How do they get more of you? Well, the main way is to go to drlisalove.com, and you can either spell out doctor or abbreviate it. It'll take you to the same place. And on that particular page, you'll learn more about my website, more about the REACH programs. And I do have two free gifts for you, and they're substantial-sized eBooks. The one is related to my Conscious Vision program and the Beyond the Secret Principles. It's Seven Steps to a Life of Purpose and Joy. That's one eBook, or you can get the other eBook, or you can get them both. That's related to Conscious Love, which is Seven Steps to Attract and Keep Love ebook. And you can click on the buttons Loving Relationships or Create Ideal Life, and they will take you to the REACH programs where there's a series of audios that I have available too, including an audio program on my False Love Detox. The 10 steps that I use to use the Law of Attraction in a spiritual way. So there's a lot of information on my website. A lot website. of priceless gifts, a lot of wonderful information. And you, Dr. Lisa Love, are priceless. This has been just an incredible hour with you. I'm so grateful for you and for just having this conversation. And I'm so grateful to Brent and Josh and to my Empower listeners. Uh, If you want to go to my website, TammyBPhD.com, would love to hear from you. You want to be a guest? You know somebody that would be a great guest? You have a question? Love to hear from you. God bless you. Take care of yourself onward and upward. Bye for now. Hey, Larry, mind if I sit down? Nope. This coffee tastes like uh, coffee. So what's going on? Not much. What's new? Not much. Okay, but can you please put the newspaper down while you say not much? What newspaper? This newspaper. 
Oh, dude, what happened to your face? I see one, two, Ow. three, four, five, six. Ow. Dude, what is Ow. this? Eleven pieces of toilet paper stuck to your face? I'm shaving in the dark to save energy. I'm helping the environment. Well, that's a dangerous way to help the environment. Well, sometimes you have to sacrifice yourself for the greater good. Dude, there's an easier and safer way to help the environment without sacrificing yourself. Go green, go public. Take public transportation. It's good for the environment and you won't have to live behind a newspaper. Wow. But for now, put the newspaper back up. A message from the public transportation systems across the country. To learn more, visit publictransportation.org. I'm home and I love it. I'm home where I belong. I'm home. And I love it, I'm home Where I belong It's always nice to come home But these days, many Americans are at risk of foreclosure And losing their homes Fortunately, help is available Making Home Affordable is a free program from the U.S. government That has already helped over a million struggling homeowners And we want to help you I'm home, I'm home And I love it, I'm home Find out now what your options are. Go to makinghomeaffordable.gov or call 1-888-995-HOPE. The sooner you act, the better chance we can help you. I'm home, I'm home, where I be. Brought to you by the U.S. Treasury, HUD, and the Ad Council. It's a scorching hot day. Imagine being trapped in a parked car. The temperature inside is rising. Now imagine that you're wearing a fur coat. Leaving your dog in a hot car is not only uncomfortable, it's dangerous. If it's too hot for you, it's far worse for him because, unlike us, he can't perspire to cool down. And within minutes, the temperature, even with the windows down a little, can exceed 100 degrees. So on warm days, please be kind. Leave your dog safely at home. For more information, contact PETA, 757-622-PETA.